Hello and welcome to the Music Retailers Podcast. I'm your host, Donovan Bankhead, and together you and I are going to listen to and learn from some of my favorite instrumental music retailers, manufacturers, well, anyone else that I think would be interesting. My goal is to provide a podcast where you can learn something new in every episode. Today's guest is Preston Palmer with Palmer Music in Conway, Arkansas. Preston has a great story, and I wanted to interview him today as a perfect follow-up episode after the interview with Gerson Rosenblum in the prior episode. It's kind of a great bookend of like a long-established business coming to a painful close to a new business kind of getting its start and finding its legs and all the, the challenges. It's a fun story to tell. Preston's done a great job building his lesson programs. We talk about that. We talk about strategies for hiring. We talk about goal planning. The big conversations, though, we do talk about some of the coronavirus issues. And I want to stress that while we share some of our concerns about people overreacting, we don't mean to to downplay the seriousness of the virus. Mainly, it's a commentary on uh, people stealing all the toilet paper from Walmart. (laughs) That's our main concern with that. So we talk about preparing your business to deal with situations like the coronavirus and your responsibility. And then we also discuss the value of mentorship, being connected with other business leaders, bringing in consultants. And that's a really strong conversation as well. So let's dive in. I wanted to do yours uh, right after Gerson's because Gerson's was all about, you know, this business that his parents started that had, uh, you know, been in operation for generations really and mm-hmm. had been wildly successful and then kind of like uh uh you know came to an, a, an end and mm-hmm. yours is on the beginning part of that path kind of the upward like and uh i thought man what a great kind of like uh sort of a bookend you know for uh <laughs> the, the, the the phoenix type thing you know so with your business, it's really interesting. And you started off as really as a, just as a music lesson studio that kind of turned into a music store. And of course, mm-hmm. you and I met right at that kind of critical turning point. But mm-hmm. uh, give me kind of a rundown about your business. We opened in 2011. And uh, at the time, I had been working for a music store called Jack's Music. I'd worked there uh, for the uh, the prior uh, 20 years. I started working there when I was 16, old enough to drive. And they um, they allowed me to start teaching lessons there and doing dabbling in repairs. From 16 until, oh, gosh, I don't even know how old, 16 years, 16 or 17 years uh, later, it got me through college. Uh, my band that I was in, we were on the road. It got me through that. It got me through my, you know, when I got married to my wife. Uh, then in 2011, um, I left the music store um, because I wanted to open this music school. And the idea was, um, you know, I'd thought about trying to manage the, the lesson program at Jack's Music, but because of the way that Jack ran things, it just wouldn't it wouldn't have worked. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we agreed that I'll just go open this, my own business, and I will handle all of the lessons and all the repairs and if he wants to, you know, which he did, he'll send me students and he will send me repairs. And in return, I will send him students to buy guitars. And, uh, and when the repairs, you know, when, when things are needed to be purchased, I'll send them to Jack. So we had a really good thing going there and um, did that from 2011 
until 2016, um, right around, uh, 2015, um, we, we, we grew that, that music studio, which was called Preston Palmer Studios. So that's my name, Preston Palmer Studios. Um, we grew that from, I guess, zero students to about, uh, about a hundred or so, something like that, 115. Mm-hmm. And, uh, our repairs, we were averaging probably, 30 or 40 guitars turning per month, somewhere around there, repairs, uh, tickets turning. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, you know, I, I knew that, that, uh, to kind of, and, and we, we involved you, I believe at that point, uh, it's some, mm-hmm. somewhere around there was when, was when we, we got with you, um, somewhere around 2015, my partner and I were like, you know, if we're going to keep this going, keep this moving in a, in a good, healthy trajectory, we need to do something. And so, um, honestly, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, we started looking for uh, locations for a retail store in Little Rock. So I'm from Conway. I live in Conway, which is kind of dead central Arkansas. Little Rock is about uh, 25 miles to the south, about, and about 25 minutes to the south. Um, and that's the, the capital. Um, so our plan was because, you know, you, you know I'm, I'm such a nice guy. I did not want to... Um, <laughs> I did not <laughs> against some some people's judgment or some people's no, advice. <laughs> you were, yeah, you were too nice. That's definitely right. <laughs> I, I did not want to compete with Jack um, because I easily could have, and in hindsight, you know, it wouldn't have been a bad option um, uh, to to put a to open a music store across the street from him or whatever. I just. I just didn't want to do it, you know, um, so I didn't. And so the other option was to keep doing what I'm doing in Conway and then open something in Little Rock. Um, so it was funny. We looked around. We found uh, a spot the day that I was going to go down to sign the lease on this this place that we found. Um, I'd had coffee with a friend of mine who's also an entrepreneur. He owns restaurants um, and he was he's pretty successful. Um, but we were just talking. I was like, yeah, I've got to go sign this lease. I went to my office to grab all my paperwork and Jack was there. Uh, that morning he was sitting in the parking lot waiting on me and wow. so uh yeah yeah I'm, I'm just crazy um so he came in and sat down it was probably seven thirty in the morning eight something like that uh he's like yeah i just i'm done i gotta get out he was 77 at the time his wife was 78 um and he was just tired so uh he he was physically tired his financials were tired you know he was he was staying open but you know, it, yeah. it was just, it was time for him to, to make a move. And so from 2015, so needless to say, I didn't go sign the lease on that spot in Little Rock uh, after knowing that information, because we knew that if we could just get Jack's, that, that we could do something with it because of my history, because of his history, um, that we could do something with it. Right. So we spent the, ne- we spent the next year, um, gosh, negotiating with him and his family um, about, uh, you know, uh, buying him out and, and kind of going through that process. And so in 2016, we finished that process of negotiating with him and his family, um, which could be a whole episode in and of itself. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, but, uh, yeah, that's it. 2016, we actually hired, uh, one of your guys at the time to, uh, come down and, uh, do a, a third party kind of inventory assessment, uh, so that we could have some kind of leg to stand on as as, as far as how we valued his inventory um, and, and, you know, proceeded with the buyout. So um, that helped, that worked. Uh, again, it could be a whole podcast, but 
so so from then uh we've 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 grown at a at a good conservative click uh since 2016 i think we have 380 students now uh we're turning probably oh a hundred tickets in the shop and then we're you know for our size we're doing okay in repairs you know we yeah. we hit you know we or i'm sorry in retail um so we've uh we've tried not to bite off more than we can chew uh and everything and i'm able to make payroll pretty pretty well so right so that's kind of where we are now that's the forty thousand foot view i guess that's awesome man i mean going from roughly 100 students to nearly 400 uh, during a time when most retailers are finding that to be challenging, you know, they're, I'm mm-hmm. hearing from most folks that their lesson programs are being pressured from a lot of other uh, competition, not just in music lessons, but just in other oh, yeah. things. And oh, yeah. um, hell, in our stores, we're seeing it too. We're having, we're having a hard time right now keeping our stores growing. And what we're finding is, um, at least for us, just providing quality music lessons isn't enough. It used mm-hmm. to be that, like, if you had, you know, good lessons, good teachers, a nice environment, good equipment, um, easy to work with policies and stuff, that you, that, you, know, you know, you could grow with that. And we found that right now that's not enough for us to continue growing. And mm-hmm. uh, so it's, we're trying to crack the code on what it's going to take to get us to the next level that we're trying to get to. Probably mm-hmm. means, you know, retooling some of what we're doing because I think some things have changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you, I mean, like, so for me, uh, we, we, we obviously try to have those things that you said. I mean, good teachers teaching, you know, quality music lessons. We need our students to learn, you know, we have benchmarks that we need our students to hit uh, outside of that. Our, our thing, you know, we, our mission or whatever, it's kind of creating new musicians. Um, mm-hmm. and then we have our, our things, all, all of our things that point to that we equip, we empower, we educate, all those things to kind of point back to that mission. And so, you know, the bit, the, but that said, the, the, the thing that, that sticks out, what I hear as far as feedback on my instructors that I hire, uh, I'm really picky about, um, about kind of the quality of character of the people we bring in and the laid back, you know, you mentioned on, there's some questions about our, our culture and we actually just built a new website uh, and it's a different model. It's, it's not your typical, um, e-commerce platform for this part of the business, but it's all based on storytelling, the story brand, if you've ever heard of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So, so we actually did that. We did the story brand model. Um, And so the, so the idea is we do have a vibe. We do have a culture that we're proud of, that we're very protective of. And it seems to resonate with our families. The students like it, particularly the parents like it. So I think that buys us something, you know, it's one of those, I don't know if it's not intangible necessarily, but you can't get that everywhere in Conway. You know, I mean, there's other places that teach lessons. There's other places, you know, we're competing with, with judo, uh, uh, gymnastics, football, softball, basketball, baseball. You know, we can, that's exactly like, right. You know, we compete with everything. And so, um, yeah, that's definitely a, <laughs> if you crack that code, let me know, but that's <laughs> an angle we, we've taken. Your site looks great. I mean, it, it, uh, is really mobile friendly, um, more so than what ours is. And you're right. It's definitely, uh, aimed at like, you know, telling a story, mm -hmm. uh, and kind of getting people to get to know you where they would want to connect and hopefully come in. 
Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, and I don't know if this is going to work, and it may not, but we're going to give it some time because we built that site. That site links to the the, the platform, the Amos, Amesy, Aim, whatever they call themselves now, that that platform for our retail sales. And we have just finished getting that ready to go. And that's been a bear. We haven't had time to, to work on it, and it shows. So it's a work in progress. But we do have, you know, you can buy stuff from us online. I just am not sure that the way we're doing it now is the most effective way. But I will say our website, our landing page that you're looking at now, we've, our analytics for that have been good um, right. since, since it went live. So better, what, much better um, than our previous site. What's the technology that's hosting this current site? The it's WordPress. The WordPress, Okay. Yep. And where I think uh, we built it, I had a, so I had a, a buddy of mine actually uh, from Dallas. He is in the whole story brand ecosystem, which if you don't, for those that don't know, story brand is a book written by Donald Miller and it's a, a framework for how you tell people about yourself and about your business using story. Um, it's a good book. Um, but uh, so he built that, I think with a Divi, Divi design. Uh, I don't really even know what that is, but it's a, it's a WordPress thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I think, uh, like I can see a, uh, there's a lot of influence too. in uh, there's, you know, obviously there's telling the story and trying to use language that speaks to consumers. It kind of, in some ways reminds me of like uh, seeker friendly church stuff, like the way mm-hmm. some of the language mm-hmm. and the way that they're trying to connect and appeal to people. Um, mm-hmm. It is. Obviously Donald Miller is a, Former, he the first book he wrote was called Blue Like Jazz, which was a. Uh, if you do you know that book, have you heard of that book? No, no. It's a. It was a. Oh, it's a. It's a novel, but it's it's a Christian. It's it's in the, the Christian category or whatever. So when I when I read it was funny because I read this book and I had no idea about the connection, but uh, I was like, oh, this book resonates with me. I like the I like the things he's saying about telling story, and he backs it all up with facts and figures and everything. And then I looked at the stuff he's written and the, his very first book that made him all this money that allowed him to just go off and write these things was this book called Blue Like Jazz um, that some of your listeners may be familiar with. So, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very seeker friendly thing. We're trying to do that whole kind of attractive front door because that's what we, we feel like we have within. If you make it inside, you, we hope that you will be treated well and want to come back and be a part of our culture. So most of what you got out of Jack's, of course, was retail sales right because i mean at that point Mm -hmm. jacks wasn't really doing lessons uh were they right and they weren't doing really repair because that's the stuff that they were sending over to you and Mm -hmm. so you were mostly getting uh retail out of it now you were doing a little bit of retail before uh, Mm um you bought that but mainly stuff for like your students and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um how has the retail as the uh purchase of jacks has the retail that has come through been profitable this year yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah yeah it's it's been uh, in a few different ways it's certainly it's added it's done a few things for us i mean so first of all the inventory that we that we bought so we we just did inventory purchase we we didn't buy um we didn't buy his business Mm -hmm. Uh, we just bought we bought his inventory we we did okay on that deal, but uh, it wasn't. You know, we we basically bought his inventory, but we did kind of, you know, move move him along and allow him to retire. And yeah, you that. eliminated uh, a competitor, which can be worth sometimes 
not getting mm-hmm. a great deal on an inventory buy mm-hmm. if that means you've you know mm-hmm. removed your main competitor. Right, right. So pretty quickly, we, we did uh, some sales to, to get some of the stuff out of there that had been sitting for a while and to get a little cash. Uh, since then, um, you know, we've, we've, it's a different store. The, the inventory is different. And uh, we're, yeah, it, it gave us the credit, the credit. And one thing is it gave us the credibility that we needed to continue to fuel that lesson program and that retail program, which for me, and I, I'm a, I'm pretty conservative. The lesson program has always kind of been what I lay my head on at night, mm-hmm. you know, as far mm-hmm. as, you know, if nothing else, my, my lessons, my services will um, hopefully pay the bills. And, and that's, and that's how we've structured it, you know, again, for better or for worse. So um, we've had, we, we had a decent year in last year in 2019 was a decent year for us. Uh, we actually made a little bit of money. Uh, we made a little money the year before, uh, and then before that, it was break even. So we haven't lost anything yet. But um, we're also reinvesting, man. I, I'm building four new lesson rooms right now. I mean, so much has gone back into that dad gum place. Right. Uh, so next time you come down, you'll you'll notice differences from the yeah. from the time you were there last. But uh, yeah. So I don't know if that answers your question or not. But yeah. So are you still? Because you moved into Jack's space as well, right? And so and you mm-hmm. at one point you had two locations. You you had the mm-hmm. lessons and you had Jack's, but those mm-hmm. have all been moved under one one roof now, right? Yeah. So uh, when we when we bought Jacks, we bought Jacks in October of 2016, and we took uh, from October to March of 2017, we remodeled the uh, half of Jacks space for our lesson studio. During that time, we were maintaining two locations. So essentially, the students uh, went home from spring break in March of 2017. They left Preston Palmer Studios. When they came back a week later, we had somehow shifted everything over. They came to Palmer Music Company down the street. Yeah. So that's how we, yeah. we kind of did that. Yeah. Nice. It was a mess. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I Real nice. I understand. <laughs> you you I, do understand. Yeah. <laughs> I just did that with one of my stores. Like, you know, yeah. students and customers left on Saturday. And uh, by <laughs> yeah. Tuesday, we were down the street. We had a new name and, and everything. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, we're still dealing with that. I say we, I, it's not fair. I'm hardly doing anything, but Ben, my store manager there and the team are, mm-hmm. are the ones that are still dealing with it. And mm-hmm. they're doing a great job of getting mm-hmm. this kind of un, un, unpacked and situated. So tell me kind of what the retail side of your business looks like. What, what products do you offer? What don't you offer? Um, we, uh, if you walk into our music store, it will be very clear that we focus primarily on guitars uh, and really specifically acoustic guitars. Um, we carry, uh, we're a top shelf, whatever marquee, whatever you call it, a Martin dealer, and we're a top shelf Taylor dealer. Um, we keep, we have a warranty repair that we do on both of those brands. We have Fender, uh, and then we sell... Washburn, Yamaha, um, and I think that's it. As far as all the different price points for for those guitars, we carry mm-hmm. the, we carry the pedals that people want. So we find ourselves we cater to kind of the worship guy, you mm-hmm. know, the worship guitar player. Uh, as far as our pedals go, so we have all all that stuff: Strymon, JHS, Electroharmonics, Earthquaker, Boss, all that stuff. You know, and we when we uh, 
started the retail, that was one of the things we did is we, we tried to pull people from Little Rock to Conway and pedals was a big way that we did it. Um, so we, we actually, by putting Strymon and some of those pedals in Conway, you, you would just have to know Conway to know why that's a big deal. They could never right. get, I mean, oh, yeah. you know, they, <laughs> they could never get that in Conway. So that was one of the things that we did to kind of be legitimate in the eyes of people down, down the road in, in, in Little Rock. So anyway, um, we do, uh, we just picked up Minel. Um, we do Roland, uh, Casio for the lower end, weighted keyboards for our students, um, Mapex, um, Sure, uh, all, all, all that kind of stuff. We, we uh, you know, what we don't carry right now, uh, we, we don't have a lot of orchestral stuff. We don't, we, we, we do have a rental program but we're using a third party. We have all the accessories uh, for B&O, um, but we haven't got much further than that, which, you know, kind of makes me sick, but that's just where we are. Um, right. Yeah. We've got all the reeds. We've got all the mouthpieces. We've got, you know, flip folders and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then we do, we do offer rentals, but uh, that's an area that we're not heavy in now that I really want to get heavy in. Um, we have uh basic kind of uh pa equipment we don't uh, get into the heavy hitting stuff unless we're doing installs uh, which is an area that we're that we are leaning more into we don't do much now with electronic music you know as far as mm -hmm. like synthesizers that sort of thing we uh we have uh, nord uh, and like i said we have roland we we keep some of that in stock but we but not a lot we like we don't we haven't had a nord on the shelf in a while but if you need one, my churches, they all know that they can come to me for that. Right. Um, so, but our, our model, I mean, we try to keep it kind of lean and mean right now, as far as inventory goes, um, to, to keep our, you know, keep our turns up and all that kind of stuff. So some of that stuff we just are not keeping in the store. So you're basically doing the full line music store thing minus acoustic pianos, more or less. Um, yeah. And, and you're a, a band accurate. instrument affiliate, you're a rental affiliate. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. So you're not doing those in-house. Um, have you found that to be, I mean, that's got to be really challenging, right? It's really challenging for cash. It's really mm -hmm. challenging for like training and, you know, mm -hmm. being able to, to represent products well. Like how has that, because that was the way we all did it for a very, very, very long time. Like almost every music store at one point was like that. But you've mm -hmm. seen more and more people get into more specialization. So how do you, you're kind of going against that trend. How do you feel like that's... Uh, that's helping or hurting? Um, well, I mean, honestly, right now, I don't know if it's helping or hurting. It's one of those areas that we're still, you know, that's one of those like kind of new, you know, new retailer things that, that I, that I'm trying to figure out. But I will say, you know, this year, our big goal, we have noticed that the more higher end acoustic guitars we hang up, the more we sell. Uh, right. Because that's one of the harder things to find in central Arkansas. And we also offer the service, you know, uh, the, the, the warranty repair and all that, which is also not the easiest thing to find around here. So, uh, so we have, we've made the decision this year to stay very well stocked with our Martins and Taylors. We're doing the Martin custom guitars. Uh, and the other thing we've noticed is the demand for uh, small to mid-level uh, PA installs is there mm -hmm. for us. Um, and so we're leaning into that. Um, the small church, the mid-sized church up to, you know, 
five, 600 people is about max for us right now, as far as what we can handle. And there's a lot of those in Arkansas and the people that, that, that are, uh, that are currently in that, in that game are, you know, I, I think we can do better. So, yeah. um, so that, those are two areas that we are leaning into, but you know, I mean, I think I may have talked to you about this, you know, in months or years past. I, you know, I, my desire is to get into band and orchestral rentals, uh, mm-hmm. so heavy and so hard, but I just can't, I haven't been able to do it, you know, and part of it is because I haven't paid someone to come on staff that can help me do it. But right. also I'm, you know, cracking though, you know, it's a tough nut to crack with these band directors uh, because they're, they're so loyal to who they've been working with for years. Um, and I just don't, uh, you know, we've been in business since 2016. I haven't had the time to get out and pound the pavement uh, to, to uh, nurture those relationships. Tell me what, what kind of, what's, what, what's on your plate right now? What it, either, what are you working on like right at the moment or kind of what are your, what's, what's your intentions to work on over the next, you know, few weeks, or whatever. Right now I'm working on um, coronavirus planning. Interesting. Yeah, that's all I did all day today. So, we, so tell uh, me about that. Tell me what you're what you're thinking about that and what your plan is. Um, well, so Arkansas was not. Um, uh, we we had no cases until today, and so well we actually did have cases, but we didn't have the tests and all that sort of thing. And so it was you know, all around us were, were red states, except for us. Alabama and Mississippi, go figure. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, so today we had our first confirmed case. And uh, since then, last I checked, we've got in my town, we have 11 people in quarantine as of one o'clock today. So um, when that news got out, we started getting phone calls um, from parents that were concerned. We actually had one person call and canceled lessons like Un, like no longer taking lessons with us because wow. of their fear for that. So um, I, my desire, my goal is to be on the offense instead of the defense in those situations. And uh, I personally, you know, I'm not that concerned about the virus, but I'm very concerned about the fear that it is causing uh, right. for my local, for my local economy and for my, my business. And we, you know, we've seen it, Arkansas, we don't, we don't, there's not a lot of things that happen here. So when anything happens in Arkansas, it's a big deal. You know, we get two drops of snow and there's no bread or milk on the shelves. Here. <laughs> right. So you can imagine uh, what's happening here now. So, so today, most of the day was spent, you know, I wrote a letter to send out to parents. Uh, I did a video to send out. Um, I have been looking into online options for my lessons for uh, online lessons um, I'll have that figured out by tomorrow. Um, so yeah, today that's, that's what I've been doing. And I, I just need to make sure that we're in a good place with that, uh, for the business. Um, other than that, um, we are, so assuming all that goes well and doesn't just shut us down, uh, which I don't think it will, we've been uh, building uh, teaching rooms. So we're adding our, our lesson program is continuing to grow. Our homeschool, uh, creative arts program that we have is continuing to grow. So uh, we are trying to accommodate for that. Um, once these lesson rooms, I'm building four more rooms. Once they're finished, um, we'll be out of room completely, um, which is another <laughs> topic. Um, but uh, when, when these rooms are, are finished, uh, they'll actually, uh, 
they'll be full probably in the next, uh, by the end of the summer at the rate we're going now, um, with kind of the slump, summer slump factored in. So I'm working on that. Um, and then I'm working on, uh, we are calling on churches. So I've bought a list and uh, we are going to try to, uh, you know, drum up some, some new business with some of these churches as far as AV installs go. Um, we've got a, well, <laughs> uh, at the time of this podcast, we have a Taylor Road Show scheduled uh, for the week before Easter, but I have it on good uh yeah, that's not gonna ours happen. Just, ours just got canceled, and they yeah, were in Jack, April. So, yeah, so so was mine a week before Easter. Jr. texted me today, and he was like, "Dude, you're getting a letter tomorrow. Heads up, we're not doing it. I'm so sorry." <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, right now, as far as what I'm actually doing, uh, those are the things that I, that I'm working on right now. You know, the the uh, Corona thing is really interesting, and it's hard to know if this is all being really taken out of. Or proportion or what on the one hand you know you're better to prepare and better be safe than sorry uh but on the other hand the level of panic that people have i think is now i'm not a healthcare professional so i don't know but uh Mm -hmm. i really feel like it's unwarranted unless you're Mm -hmm. someone with a you know compromised immune system just Mm -hmm. this total level of fear of like not even wanting to wanting to like leave your home basically Mm -hmm. i get it if you have like symptoms and stuff you shouldn't leave your home if you're ill yeah but like uh it's hard for me to understand that you know um yeah well and i think uh, i feel i'm the same way and it's it's very difficult for me and for my staff um uh, we, we, we don't get it. Uh, but you know, I feel like as, as retailers and as business leaders and all that kind of stuff, I feel like we have a responsibility to, like I said, not have our head in the sand and, and be proactive just for the sake of our customers. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. I, I think, I think it's, I think it's blown completely out of proportion, but the 380, whatever students that I have, if 40% of those moms don't feel that way, then we've got problems. Right. You know, so, yeah. um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's silly to even say out loud, but you know, I, I went and purchased more than I care to admit as far as like things of the, the, uh, hand sanitizer and the wet ones and all that so that I could give them out to the teachers. And so we could take pictures and put them on social media. And I told my teachers, I was like, you know, use these. Um, and when you use them, make sure a parent is looking, make sure right. parents see you, wiping your handles on your doors, you know, wiping down your keys on your keyboard, you know, let's, let's make sure and be proactive as a company um, just so the parents know that we care. And again, that lines up with our, our vibe and our, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, But yeah, so I I think it's ridiculous. And I say that I've got, I've got a three-year-old and a one-year-old and my three-year-old has some respiratory issues. So I I have a little more reason to, to think about it than some, but um man it's yeah it's 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 absurd what's going yeah. on around here so well as of anyway. the time we're recording this you know the world health organization has declared it uh, as a pandemic but that's yes. uh my understanding that's primarily just uh talking about how it's spread how it's you know now kind of worldwide mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. necessarily a comment on its lethality or right. uh anything else so right. uh i think people hear pandemic and they think you know, the world's coming to an end. And I have (laughs) friends that are literally at Walmart. They're like, I just needed my normal 
allotment of toilet paper and Dude. it's all gone. Yes. Like all the yes. toilet paper is gone. You know, yes, I, like that's I, not even a part of the flu. Like you don't shit your brains out with the flu. Like how is that's something like, how do you gone? guys, you guys yeah. realize that you don't need. Yeah, no. And I, we, we I make the thinking. toilet paper in this country by and large. So it's, yeah. I, I believe. So it's not that, you know, you're worried about not being able to get toilet paper from China or whatever. Like, Wuhan, I just don't yeah. even understand. Yeah. I don't even understand that. So. Yeah, no, I, I needed uh, I needed wet ones a couple of nights ago, and I went to Kroger because my, my boys crap their pants. Right. And no, ma- no matter if coronavirus exists or not. <laughs> and so I went to go buy some, and they were all gone. And I was just like, you people, I need wet ones. I, right. need, I have a need, a real need. And uh, you people are, you're, you know, hoarding the wet ones. So, right. Yeah it's, yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy. But anyway. So, At Springfield Music, we started using Merchant Cost Consulting earlier this year. These guys are former banking and credit card reps who go and negotiate your processing rates on your behalf. Now, like most of you, we're pretty aggressive about shopping our processing rate around, so I wasn't sure they'd be able to save us much money. But boy, was I wrong. On average, they're saving us about 600 bucks a month. The deal is we split it 50-50 with them for so many months, and after that, all the savings are ours to keep. Plus, they keep an eye on your fees during this time to make sure those freaking credit card processors don't find a way to jack up your rate again. They're good folks, and they do what they say they do. Actually, in our case, they underpromised and over-delivered. They estimated about 500 bucks a month in savings, and it's been closer to 600 When you contact Patrick at Merchant Cost Consulting, tell him that Donovan Bankhead sent you. This does two things. One, they will pay me a slight referral commission. But more importantly, two, you'll get 10% off of your first month's bill if you choose to go with them after their free analysis. Listen, I wouldn't recommend it to you if it wasn't worth it. It'll only take a few minutes of your time. They handle the rest. Contact Patrick McClellan. His email is patrick at merchantcostconsulting.com. P-A-T-R-I-C-K at merchantcostconsulting.com. I'll even give you a cell phone number, 508-733-7622. And remember, tell them that Donovan sent you. Thinking about yourself personally, what do you think is your biggest asset? What's the what's the thing that you have that you think has kind of helped get you to reach the level of success that you've achieved up to this point? What I do um, with Palmer Music Company works really well in Conway, Arkansas. Um, it would be a different business if it were in Little Rock or if it were in Fayetteville, uh, and the reason I say that is because um, I, I, had, I do have a reputation here in central Arkansas. Um, just from growing up here and being really heavily involved in, in the, uh, the local music scene in years past and, you know, working at Jack's Music for uh, 16 years. Like I do have, um, <clears throat> I do have some goodwill with, with mm-hmm. our community and I've tried to uh, nurture that uh, at any chance, any chance I can. I mean, there's not many weekends that I'm not playing for free somewhere for some silent auction or, you know, putting money towards a, a benefit you know, put on by our Conway Symphony Orchestra or something like that. So I got, you know, I've got reputation here as far as my biggest asset. And mm-hmm. that's something that, that I, that I am proud of and that I try to keep intact. So then what's your worst habit? <laughs> Uh, I, I looked at that and I was like, I'm just going to write down what I think of quickest. And so what I wrote down 
<laughs> what I wrote down was stress eating. <laughs> that's my that's, that's preach that was it. the first thing. Yeah, yeah, dude, that's, preach that's it. the first thing. The first thing that came to my mind. Uh, but also, you know, I, I have a habit of being um, a little bit, you know, of a, of a of a sloth, I guess, in some ways. And so, I'm, I'm trying to wake up earlier. Uh, the past two weeks, I've been waking up at five or five thirty and, and reading my book. You know, doing some squats. I'm doing a squat challenge, and just you know, there's success. There, there are certain things that successful people do, and that, that a lot of successful people do. And I'm trying to analyze those things that many successful people do. What are some of the things that they do? And I'm trying to adopt a few of those. And it's funny because when I look at them, you know, if you look at all the guys that write books, or the Gary V's of the world, or the uh, you know, the business owners that are just killing it. Uh, there's a, there's a few things that they do and all those are things that I do not do. So they're like, Oh yeah, man, it's, Oh gosh. Yeah. By, by six, by 6am, I've already put my workout in, you know, I've already, I've already broke a sweat. I'm, you know, making my smoothie. I'm doing this and that and getting ready for the day. I've already laid all this out. And I'm like, dude, I'm in bed. You know, my kids waking me up at six yeah. or seven, you know? Yeah. So, so those are, you know, this, this year, um, I'm, I'm really trying to address some of those things because it benefits me and it benefits my family and, uh, it, it will hopefully benefit my business and my staff. So I have mixed feelings about that stuff, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, because oh, you're right. Yeah. Like I, I, you, you, if, if you read between the lines of what you said, it's exactly right. You know, many successful people have those traits, but not all. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's also like saying, well, many successful people have blonde hair. Like, mm -hmm. okay, yeah. you know, yeah. is that a corollary? Like, now <laughs> I get that, like, being super productive with your day is, you know, is going to help you get more yeah. done. Yeah. But a lot of times it's not the quantity of stuff we get done. It's the quality of what we do. And quality right. doesn't necessarily take a lot of time, necessarily. Right. Uh, right. Sometimes it does, depends on what you're doing, of course. But, um, yeah. So anyway, I, I, I think that could be a little challenging. And then the other thing that I've really come to believe in, and maybe this is just the sloth in me that wants to <laughs> embrace that, is yeah. uh, the last few, I, well, I say few, it's probably been over, it's roughly 10 years. But um, I've often not been a big believer in like personality tests or aptitude tests, but I've come across two that I actually enjoy quite a bit that I have found them to be useful. And one is the the Strengths Finder test from Grifton, uh, which mm -hmm. is really popular. They have the Strengths Finder book, and like a lot mm -hmm. of folks have used that. And uh, but the other one, which I think is uh, some in some ways even more useful, especially for teams, is the Colby test. And the Colby test isn't a personality test; it's more of a test to measure like how you perceive and 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 interact and and work through the world. Mm -hmm. And um, the thing, one of the things I love about Colby is Colby tends to put uh, skills or put habits uh, on like kind of like a, a um, you know a spectrum. So that if you're really good at one thing, then you're probably not good at something else because those two things right. are basically on the same spectrum. And mm -hmm. uh, for me, that was just such a huge eye opener. Because otherwise, I used to be like, I would always focus on my flaws, the things that I'm not, and mm -hmm. would want, all right, I, want, I need to get better at that. I need to get better at that, get better at that. And the reality is the people that are really, really successful, generally, 
they just get they just get really good at the things they're really good at you know right. and so like yeah. one of my like strongest strengths in the colby world is is what a thing they called quick start and quick start just basically means like I am enamored and love new projects and doing new ideas and new things, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, the downside is I hate, you know, I have no follow through on completing stuff. And, uh, and so I can get a million things going at once and it can be very difficult mm -hmm. for me to finish them. And, but through Colby, I've learned like, well, the key for me is to take, if it's a bigger project, break it into small projects that each small project is exciting to me so that each yeah. one kind of feels like something new. And yeah. uh, by doing that, by the end, I can look back and go, oh, huh, I finished this thing. And then I also know, like, <laughs> I'm just not going to be the guy that does routines and stuff like that. I'm the guy that creates routine. I'm the guy that finds new ways of doing stuff. I'm not the person mm -hmm. who wants to execute the same thing day in and day out. And it's one's not better than the other, but once until you know like if if i tried to make myself the kind of person who could do the same thing every day day in and day out i would not be the best version of me by a mile and that was an eye opener especially from the strengths finder about like the best thing i can do is to find out how can i you know get into more ideas and how can i explore more things and how i should partner with people who love to complete projects you know right and um, <laughs> but anyway so i think sometimes that stuff can be challenging i, I shared mm -hmm. in, i think in the last podcast that i now only read a handful of business books a year business books or self-help good, good idea yeah well yeah because otherwise you get into this like edutainment role where you, there's no way you can implement all of it and mm -hmm. like you're just like constantly it is yeah, yeah that's true yeah, yeah. And, and you just start to think all right this 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 time i'm gonna only only kale i'm gonna get up at two in the morning every morning <laughs> and like i'm gonna sleep every three hours and like you just get this yeah. crazy thing like well that doesn't work and then like you just yeah. go on to the next thing and i don't know to yeah. me that can be not productive necessarily you know be and oh, sometimes right. like with me with my strengths because they become so natural to me it's hard for me to recognize that other people don't share them you know and so sometimes i you know i'm at a loss of like god i don't understand why people aren't excited about this new thing and, and until i recognize well, wait a minute like that's just part of me that i love new things there's other people and they hear a new thing and they're like oh gosh you know yeah, why, like, why do we, we go do anything yeah. new yeah exactly yeah. exactly yeah <laughs> so tell me where do you get your best ideas where do I get my best ideas? Um, yeah, you've well, got to have some because, I mean, growing your lessons program the way you have and everything else, I mean, you're clearly, like, there's a lot of things going right there. So where does that come from? Well, specifically those things as far as my lesson program and just the, the few, you know, small successes that I've seen as far as how I measure success right now. Gosh, so much of it points back to hiring uh, the, you know, the, who I've brought on and my um, kind of my method for, for how I do that. Um, so that, that doesn't really answer your question, but um, with, with lessons, um, oh gosh, what's that cat's name that used to talk at NAM all the time? Uh, Pete Gamber. No. Yes. So yeah. I, I haven't really taken anything from him necessarily, but I just remember one of the, you know, the first time I went to NAM. Uh, 10 years ago, whenever it was, he, you know, he had a talk and that I had never thought about just, you know, lessons and how if you do it the right way, it can fuel certain aspects of retail and can add, like I said earlier, some, you know, 
uh, for, for the uh, conservative side of me that does kind of lay my head down on, on retail to, or on lessons to uh, cover expenses. Um, uh, otherwise podcasts, I've got a lot of podcasts, you know, I just talked about books. Um, I, even though I don't, so there's a podcast called the, uh, uh, seven figure CEO. Um, and even though I don't take notes on that and I don't, you know, I, I try not to get too tied up in the minutia of, of his podcast and other podcasts I listen to, I do, um, get fired up by listening to that. So it does kind of stoke the fire in me to, to, to go to work and to ask my, my employees and my staff, you know, questions that will hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, fire them up as well. Um, even though I couldn't tell you, you know, all the steps in, you know, Lencioni's most recent book or, um, or the traction stuff that you turned me on to a few years ago, which is fantastic by the way. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, remember that conversation. Oh yeah. Uh, and Rocket Fuel was another one by him that I used for myself and my general manager that was very helpful. Um, so I get ideas um, uh, in those ways. I read the book. I read the NAM uh, magazines, the retailer. I read your, your article, the stuff you put out. Yeah, I don't know. I, I try to. There's a business. Um, well, there's a, a music store uh, in Arkansas that is not doing that well. And they have asked for help, and so I, I don't really have any help to give. Um, but my myself and my manager have tried to lean in some with them um, to help them out on their financials and just you know what they have, what they can do with what they have to work with. Uh, mm-hmm. I've learned a lot from uh, from doing that. Well, there's that other side of just givers get. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. by willing to be giving and help others then mm-hmm. I think other people, like, I don't know. I just have found that it, it helps me more than it hurts me. And it feels good to do good. So, yeah. I mean, it's kind of yeah. two things combined. It feels good to do good. Yeah. Plus, there's just a lot of opportunities that have come my way. And, you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think. Well, and I, you know, I mean, uh, with this question, and uh, you've got some other questions down the line that I'll have the same answer to, but, you know, not to stoke your ego or anything but uh, you know stoke you, away stoke away that's oh, the whole reason i do this it's not, podcast. it's not gonna hurt your feelings i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know i uh the i distinctly where where i didn't take much from you know what pete says or does other than he has a successful lesson or had a successful lesson program you know your namu sessions i remember seeing uh Gosh, I can't remember the first year that I saw you speak. At, I think it was in Nashville, but you know, it, it was not long after I saw you speak about. Um, I don't even remember what it was now that I called you, or emailed you, or came up and talked to you uh, afterwards. And uh, then you, you know, you ever since then you've been so uh, helpful and gracious with your time and your knowledge. Uh, but I mean, I've gotten great ideas just from kind of watching you. You know. So yeah. you and there's other people in the that. industry. Yeah. Well, I mean, seriously, yeah. You the, and my, my other people that I've taken with me to NAM, it's so funny because they hone in also on people, whether it's you or other people that give talks. And when you see someone doing it well, that can articulate what they're doing and why they do it and, and how it's worked out for them. People like me that don't have a clue and I still really don't, but I mean, it, it it's, it's very valuable. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, seize, seize that value when I can. 
Yeah. Well, the, the secret, of course, is that none of us know what we're doing, uh, but we're just figuring it out day by day, you know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, for me, when I first started, I really didn't know a lot of what I was doing, but I just had a lot of enthusiasm and, and persistence. And mm -hmm. But then over time, as I decided, well, I'd like to actually learn more, then, and I started developing knowledge and going to NAM and going to, and it's going to NAM is, is great. Going to NAM and mm -hmm. attending the, ed, the educational sessions is even better. Oh, Doing yeah. that and then also reaching out and networking with people is the best. Like that's yes. where all these things, yes. like, you know, just you, you yep. get the most benefit from it. And yeah. that combination has just like transformed me, and it's the mm -hmm. education I've gotten from people that have become my friends. And mm -hmm. I remember uh, uh, Tim Pratt from um, uh, Dietz's Music uh, tells the story of like, you know, he's been in this business forever. He, Dietz's Music has been very successful. Um, they've been, you know, really involved with NAM and trade magazines, just, you know, very successful retailer. And several years ago, I'm uh, hopping on an escalator in Nashville and I recognize that, that he's right in front of me. And so I was like, Hey, um, you know, my name's Donovan and I've got a store in Missouri. I've, I've listened to you guys speak at NAM and I've read your articles. I really love it. Do you mind if I ask you a question about something? And, and Tim was like, not at all. Go ahead. And I don't remember what the question was now, but I asked him a question, but he'll tell you today that was the first time in his career anyone ever stopped to like mm -hmm. talk to him and, and ask him a question about yeah. business, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I just figured out long, a long time ago, the worst that could happen is he would say no. And, uh, all right, well then I'd still have my question. Like, so like yeah. I literally have nothing to lose and have everything to gain. So therefore I shouldn't let the fear of some mild rejection keep me from a learning opportunity. Mm -hmm. And man, the amount of times that I get a yes I mean, I really can't even th I, the no's are, are so inconsequential and far between. Yeah. yeah. And most people are willing to share and help. And it's, and yeah. so you do that over and over and over and over. And eventually people think you're really smart and you're not, you just know a lot of really smart people yeah. and you're just smart enough to know that's a good idea. Like yeah. I should do the same for myself, you know, <laughs> like when you guys, I used to, I never like hired consultants or did anything like that. But the first real thing we had, you know, together was me coming down and kind of like, well, you think about you want to open a music store. Here's what to do. And uh, I remember at the end of that day, you know, and this will sound very self-serving. I don't mean it this way at all, but I remember thinking like, holy cow, like you guys were so smart to have me come down and not just me, literally anybody almost, mm -hmm. but the money that you paid, I saved you hundreds of thousands of dollars of mistakes just for Absolutely. me saying, here's yep. all the dumb things I've done. Don't do this. Like, and here's yep. what I've like spent my blood, sweat and tears and capital and resources to learn. Start out doing it this way. And, yep. um, <laughs> and I remember driving home thinking that is the smartest thing. Like sometimes it's, it's who you can, who can solve your problem and not how mm -hmm. to solve your problem. Mm -hmm. And how can be nice to know, but it can be a very long time to do it, where sometimes who is like, mm -hmm. the, real, is like the fast track to, to getting to what yeah. you're trying to get. Well, we're due for another one of those. So, uh, <laughs> anytime, yeah. my friend. Yeah, anytime. Yeah. Especially when the <laughs> yeah. weather turns nice. Yeah, but, and before it's it yeah, too hot. <laughs> and, I, you know, I've never uh, – it's, it's interesting uh, over the past 
few years, I've reached out to a few people at, you know, at NAM or I've sent them emails to set something up at NAM. And I've been really, you know, pleasantly surprised with the responses. I, I haven't got a, a no yet. And, yep. you know, I've, uh, I'm sure I will at some point, but we're, I'm just talking about, Hey, can I, can I meet with you after a session to ask you some questions? And then the guy from, uh, gosh, I can't remember his name now. Uh, he's from uh, South Carolina. Um, he's, he's done a lot of sessions. Uh, he's got the rock school or the, the, the music school. Um, I feel like I can, is it uh, Billy oh, Cuthrell? Yes. Billy Cuthrell. Yes. <laughs> I can read yeah. your mind. <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> so, so Billy, I, I texted him or uh, messaged him a few years ago prior to one of the uh, winter NAMs. I was like, yeah. Hey man, I just, uh, you know, I just would love to sit down and talk to you. Your articles have resonated with me. And so sure enough, after a session, we sat down and that dude talked and talked and talked and talked. Uh, Paul Decker is another one. Uh, yeah. Eric Martin, uh, Eric is, you know, he's right down the street, basically he's in Memphis, but, uh, he's been so gracious. It's just, uh, you're right. I mean, all, you know, all someone can say is no. So if, uh, if you, the worst thing that, that can happen is that they'll say no. So if you can just muster up the courage to ask, um, then, uh, more often than not, you, you will get something out of it. So that's been my experience. Yeah. I, I think if there's one takeaway that anybody would have from this is that it's just, you know, be bold. If there's, if you've read an article if you've gone to the trade show and listened to someone speak, if there's something that you would like to learn more about, or if there's something that you would like, man, you know, I, I listen to you talk about, you know, how you've grown your lesson program. I, I've tried everything I can. I can't get my lesson program to grow. Would you mind taking a look at what I've got going on and, and give me your two cents on it? The worst mm -hmm. someone can say is no. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I've been to these cash flow things, but I just can't figure out how to like, I'm profitable, but I'm not cash flow and I can't figure it out. Would you mind looking at my finances and tell me what you think? Mm -hmm. The worst thing they can say is no. And the second yeah. worst thing is maybe they might charge you, but in my experience, most people don't even do that. They just, yeah, I'll try yeah. to help, you know? And, well, and my it, rule of thumb with it has always been, if I can answer someone's question quickly and briefly, like, I'm happy to do it. Like, you know, yeah. if it's going to be something that I'm going to be spending a day on, well, you know, we all like to get paid, but more than, yeah. more than anything, like I like uncovering solutions and helping people. Like that's the thing that's most interesting is, is trying to do that. And I know with yeah. yours, like when I went down to yours, like I was just really impressed with the way like your lesson rooms uh, looked like you just, your that, that your original studio was just a really great looking little space. And, it's been a lot of fun kind of watching you go through this journey. And, and I love the way that the culture that you've built uh, with your, um, your customers and how they're kind of part of the Palmer music family and your employees are just as visible, if not more visible than you are uh, on yes. like social media and yes. stuff. And I just think that's so yep. fantastic. I think anyone yep. who's listening, you know, should definitely, go follow you guys on Facebook because some of your posts too are just, they're just enjoyable, you know? So <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yes. And I'll say uh, to, to kind of tile that up with the, uh, you know, when you came down and the whole idea of hiring a consultant and reaching out beyond just asking the, the questions in the elevator or shooting the email out for the post, you know, name you question. Um, it is, if you if you can swing it as a as a as a new business owner or a oh gosh a struggling business owner or even a successful one, I, it, it is so worth it to get other people's perspective that are ahead of you 
um, in this thing and in and, and other industry. I mean, in, in other areas of retail, it's so common in other areas of business, hiring consultants, bringing people in is, is commonplace. And I kind of later on in these other questions, I, this is something I thought about, but you know, I don't know how many people do that in, in the, the music, in the MI thing, it, the, but do it, you know, yeah. everybody else does it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. You know, now that's my, my partner. I mean, that was part of it. When, when you came down, you know, I was like, man, this dude, this Donovan guy, every time I hear him talk, he resonates everything he talks about. Like there are things that strike a chord with me. And he was like, well, dude, call him, let's get him down here. Let's pay him. Let's get him down here. You know, <laughs> my gosh, what are we, because that's what, you know, he's in different businesses and yeah. that's what they do. Yeah. So, man, you know, no, I totally agree with you. I mean, I've done the same thing. Like I said, I originally have, was kind of adverse to a lot of that stuff and uh, used to mm-hmm. do it myself, but uh, I've embraced it now. I've joined a, you know, a, a, a pretty elite mastermind group that we meet oh, monthly. Yeah. We also meet in person and like, you know, uh, met in Los Angeles earlier this year. And this things for me is really expensive. You know, it's a thousand bucks a month. I'm paying for it out of pocket, but like, uh, man, like, I'm with other retailers and hearing what they're doing with their marketing and everything else. Like I, I you know, I just, it's worth paying the money to get the access to that, those kinds of people. And especially to have them be so collaborative and sharing, you know, they're sharing their hiring hmm. practices. They're sharing some of the marketing promotions they're doing. They're sharing yeah. some of their inventory management practices. Like, you know, everyone's kind of open to share and, mm-hmm. uh, and because it's a mastermind, like there's this commitment to dealing with the real, you know, dealing with right. the real challenges, the real issues. And sometimes people tell you the things you need to hear, not necessarily the things you want to hear. Want to hear, yeah. And you're getting it not from a single source, but you're getting it from like a lot of successful retailers. So, wow. uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and this whole thing That's is not, awesome. a, I mean, obviously I have a little side hustle doing some consulting and stuff. And the point of us to talk about this wasn't necessarily promote myself, but it's to anybody, whatever it is, yeah. if it's a local mastermind group, if it's uh, you know, uh, a, a consultant or if nothing else, if it's just asking for some free advice, uh, mm-hmm. you know, man, just be bold and do it. Your, your business and your employees deserve it. And you deserve, well, what, you know, I well, mean, once you get to a certain, you know, one of the, like I said, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and most of them, you know, once you get to a certain kind of point with your business, whether you, you know, as far as like a certain revenue point or a certain, however you measure growth, all these guys say the same thing. They're like, get, you know, consult, ask other people, do, do the mastermind. I haven't done that. I really, I really, that's one of my next steps, but, uh, it, it's everybody does it. Yeah. <laughs> so pay the money. If you find the right people, uh, it, it you'll see a return. I, I think, I hope. Yeah. Well, and without a doubt, otherwise, if you just try to mm-hmm. figure everything out on your own, it just takes so, so long and you mm-hmm. can't do the, as much that way. Whereas right. having someone else say, all right, I'll look over what you're doing and show you what to do. It's almost like the difference. You know, we teach, you know, we teach lessons, you know, you can learn to play the guitar off YouTube but man, you learn a lot faster if you've got a great teacher sitting right next to you that can say, nope, you're holding the guitar wrong. Hold it this way. Yeah. You know, here's a little trick. Tweak this, tweak that. Yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden, yeah. you just find yourself like, oh, wow. Like this, it mm-hmm. comes together way, way faster than if you get a book and just try to teach yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. it's totally worth it. So Absolutely. where do you see your business in the next year? Um, By the end of 2020, 
what would you like to what, what would you like to be able to see that has happened you know for Palmer music in 2020 uh, right now um, my goals are you know I want to I want to be maintaining uh, I've got a I've got um, a, a revenue a retail revenue number that I'd like to maintain uh, month over month I've always obviously got uh, year-end numbers that I'd like to hit uh, I want a uh, enrollment of 400 plus uh, kind of a mean enrollment of 400 plus uh, average um, and that that's taken into consideration in the you know the summer slump and then the, mm-hmm. the school starting back um, which we're uh, I think we'll hit that that's a that's a achievable goal I'm really I've mentioned it a few times I'm really trying to move the needle on some installs where we're finding that those are profitable for us you know, <laughs> other, than <laughs> other than that, other than that, getting into a new aspect of our business and growing my retail, I guess I'll just yeah. sit around and drink my ties and <laughs> yeah, right. change diet one. Yeah, make my own <laughs> well, candy wipes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, now the, the other to thing, catch this virus, <laughs> right? Stay home. <laughs> um, the other thing is, um, we embrace. We have embraced social media, and but but I still have some boxes that I have not checked on that as far as just consistency and platforms that were, that are being underutilized by my company. Uh, E-commerce, we spent all of last year building this stupid website. And so I would love to see some sales out of that, but that's an uphill climb for us because of where we are and how we've built it and how we are, you know, uh, how we're able to allocate time to that. But uh, I, I need to get that off the ground because, you know, we'll, we'll do, I think, you know, in the next five years, uh, we'll probably start to see a plateau as far as our retail sales go, um, locally. And so we just, you know, just like everybody else does in the whole world and you guys do and clothing stores do, I mean, it's, it's, it's all online. And so we've been behind the curve on that. And so I'm hoping to, uh, get that situated. So, yeah, well, not, not too much. Uh, yeah, yeah, just that. <laughs> uh, you know, I, the website thing has been a struggle for me, too. And, and yeah. my conversation with Tim Spicer, episode one of the podcast, you know, he shared that, like, with their site, what he's mainly trying to do is, is use it as, like, a catalog for his local customers. He's not so mm-hmm. much interested in trying to sell a, you know, a guitar to someone in Oregon as much mm-hmm. as his local folks being able to see like, oh man, they've got this Taylor whatever in stock. Like, I want to go check that out. He has, he said it definitely, having an e-commerce site has definitely driven his sales in his store. Like from mm-hmm. people coming into the store to buy. It's not yeah. so much that he's getting a lot of web orders as it is people are saying, hey, I was on your site. I saw this guitar. I want to see it. And mm-hmm. over the last year, we've put a lot of effort in building out our site and we are hearing those conversations as well. So mm-hmm. that's part of the goal is that, you know, is because mm-hmm. I do think for a lot of us selling off our websites is very difficult because a lot of it has shifted back over to third parties. Now that's probably going to shift again. And because yeah, uh, in, so. in the early days of the internet, it was, everybody was selling off of eBay and then it kind of went to individual sites and now we're back to it's e- eBay and Amazon. And then eventually yeah. we'll go back to individual sites. And so you yeah, kind of want to be ready for that. But if nothing mm-hmm. else, it's kind of a, a, a billboard. So um, yeah. well, we, we've seen that too. We have, we yeah. have seen that too. It's important to do because of that. And your customers expect it. Right. So 
You know, ha- uh, tell me how, how big of a town is Conway? How many people live in Conway? We are currently um, a little over 100,000 Okay, uh, right now. So, yeah. So having close to 400 students like the, and, and with having other places in town that offer lessons, like that's, that's a, a, a successful lesson mm. program count. I'm actually, I'm actually off at yeah, 75,000. Sorry. Okay. So you're like the size of like Joplin, Missouri or something like that. Yes. So mm-hmm. um, tell me, what is it that you think that uh, other than just your reputation, but are, are there uh, a specific, uh, are you doing like certain styles of classes? Is everything you're doing is, are they private one-on-one lessons? Or are you doing groups? Is there any other secret sauce in the lesson program that's helped you get to that? Especially that helped you get from, you know, a hundred and something up to, you know, close to 400 so quickly. If you were to well, like give me the, if you were <laughs> consulting me, what was, yeah. you know, cause I couldn't have your reputation. So what was the thing? What's the thing that you'd for tell better me? or for worse? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, so really it is. I mean, so I'll tell you what we, we are, I'll tell you what we are not doing well right now. We are not doing group lessons. Well, we are not doing Saturdays free seminars. Well, so free ukulele classes uh, that happen, you know, uh, once a month where you get a free something and you get a quick ukulele class and you buy it. So uh, we're not doing um, online lessons well, which is something, like I said, I'm looking at, particularly the group lessons and the, the rock band programs, which if you look, there's some franchises out there that are online that you can buy into. And actually my only competition in town that, that is just a music school, they are bought into a franchise uh, for a, a lesson program. And, and that franchise is built around uh, band, rock bands. Um, and they, they do that okay. I don't know what they pay to be a part of that franchise, but um, we have not been able to do that well. Now, we have the capacity to do it well. We have the staff to do it well, but it just, it just hasn't happened for us. But... Um, that's that's something that, that we are going to try to work on uh, this year. Um, what we do well, um, as far as what, what I attribute most of our growth to, is we, we do see progress with our students. Um, they're learning, and we have students that are uh, getting first chair in all region, first chair in state, you know, and that sort of thing on, you know, their trumpets or whatever. And then we have students that are getting into the jazz band programs. We have students, uh, percussion students that are just knocking it out of the park with their technique and with what they're able to achieve in, in band. And then we have students on the other end of the spectrum that are, you know, I, had, I got a call from a mother uh, yesterday, actually, or a text. And she was uh, so excited because her daughter, who is in the 11th grade now, has been, she's been with us for years, she on on her own, she reached out to venues in town and set up a gig on her own without you know any prodding, without my help, without you know me calling the venue yeah. saying you know give her give her something at noon on a Tuesday. You know she had, she got a paying gig all by herself, um, and that's something that we empowered her to do. So we do that well. Uh, the people that I hire, I'm very uh, uh, picky about the people that I bring into my place because, you know, I, like I said, I am proud of my reputation in the community and anything that my staff does while they're under my roof or really outside of my roof does reflect on my reputation. And so I am uh, picky about that, but 
if you, you've been in my store a few times, but if you were to come in now and just, you know, talk to the teachers and spend some time with the teachers and then the, the sales staff, I mean, they're just, uh, you know, they're great people. They, they have, they're, they're interesting. They're, they're, uh, they're dynamic. Their personality is good. They're not your typical uh, too cool musician that you would see, you know, wanking away on a guitar guitar center or whatever like Mm -hmm. they're down to earth they're relatable um and so the other side of our lesson program um outside of seeing actual tangible results is we want to be a good influence on your children we want you to feel good about bringing your kids to us for 30 minutes we want you to feel like they're learning music which is what you're paying us to do but at the end of the day we want them to feel like that you know We've had, my goodness, there's been so many issues that have come up where, you know, I've had to get involved with a parent and a child because there was things going on with the child at school or, mm-hmm. I mean, you name it, these days it's, it's going on. So um, we have just seen story after story of my teachers or myself or even my staff, people that sell guitars on the other side of the building that have been involved intimately in the lives of my students and uh, and, and parents. And so... And that's something that I am passionate about, uh, you know, so that's, you know, I think that's worked for us. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I think clearly it has. What's some of, you've mentioned a couple times now about your hiring process and kind of the way you do that. Tell me, how, is, how do you manage your hiring process? Um, right now, the way it works. Uh, so we've hired um, in the past couple of months, we've probably onboarded three instructors. Um, the way it works now is uh, we, uh, first of all, uh, and we, we haven't had to hire any retail staff. We're, we're pretty good to go there. If someone wants to work for us, we ask them to give us a, a resume. And, you know, if we need them, we need them. If we don't, then we just tell them we'll keep their resume. And we, we, we're always looking, but we're not always hiring. So um, right. I, will, I will let uh, my lesson coordinator interview them you, uh, two times maybe. And then the third time, if, if she feels like they're a good fit, as far as the boxes that need to be checked on the skill and that sort of thing. And then they'll get with me for a more kind of extensive interview that uh, ultimately results in them getting hired or not. So, and you're mainly checking to see if they're a cultural fit. I mean, right. the music side of it's actually not that difficult to get someone who's a suitable musician, but Correct. finding someone yeah. who's a cultural fit, that's the most important part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. There's uh, yeah. I mean, being able to play music versus being able to teach music is one thing, uh, being able to play versus being able to teach versus being, you know, <laughs> a person that uh, is trusted by the parents and viewed as a good influence is, is all is another thing also. Yeah. Yeah. So totally we, we try to be pretty, we try to be pretty picky about that, which I, you, you guys do too. I mean, that that's, especially these days, man, my rooms, they're fully glassed. The doors are, you know, full glass. We've got cameras. They're in huge yeah. hallways. We, it's like, I mean, what else can I do? I, you know, my insurance is through the roof. Like we do all these things yeah. to try to make parents comfortable. Um, and so uh, if we if we can't put good people in those rooms, then, you know, we're, we're in trouble. That's exactly right. So last couple of questions here. What negative situation have you experienced in your business career that ultimately had a positive effect on your business, but you wouldn't want to repeat it again? I had a... a a staffing change that I made a couple of years ago that, uh, was very difficult. Um, <laughs> but, 
has had a very positive effect on my business. Uh, there was someone that worked for me that had worked for me for a long time and did good work. Um, but man, it just, it, it got bad. That person did not, how can I put this diplomatically? That person <laughs> did not own the business, but had some issues with entitlement as far as, as the business grew and, uh, and, and how they, uh, you know, how they were compensated, how they were treated. And, you know, I did the best I could with that. And then it took a turn for the worst. And uh, it turns out um, that person has gone on to do other things and is actually in his fit and he's doing, he's doing well and I'm happy for him. Uh, the, the big thing that I could have done better was I should have let him go a year prior. I yeah. waited too long. I mean, every book will tell you, you know, what is it? Hire slowly, fire quickly. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I did, I did not do that. Um, so it got ugly, but uh, when, as soon as I did that and, and actually making that change led to, I think two or three other changes that had to be made within the same month. Uh, but once that was all done, man, the culture just, just flipped. There's like the dark cloud that I had over my business descended or, or just went away. Yeah. And, um, man, our cult ever since then, I mean, we, we have issues and things come up and you know, it's a business and you have to treat it as such, but man, people are so much happier now. Um, our organizational health is a, is a lot better. So, yeah. Well, it's addition by subtraction, but I think the great part of that story too is, is, you know, you're saying that the person who was given the opportunity to move on to a new uh, uh, experience has done so successfully and it's worked out mm -hmm. well for them too, it, which mm -hmm. is honestly, most of the time, that's the outcome you're really hoping for. And yeah. I think it's one of the times, one of the reasons why we tend to get slow to fire is because we, you know, we, we just, feel bad a lot about a lot of stuff but yeah frankly oh, if yeah. someone's just not having success with us or not having success anymore and it's not just a slump like it's kind of proven that then yeah. you know it's it's the best thing you can probably do for them is give them a help them get a fresh start and yeah. you, you owe it to your business to bring in someone else for to give you a you know a fresh jolt of, of energy and enthusiasm yeah and you know the funny thing is i was told by two or three people you know, that are also kind of business leaders in the community that, that know me and knew this person, you know, they uh, suggested that I make a change and I did not do it, you know? And so six months later when it had to happen, when I had no choice and it was ugly and dirty and just not a good thing, you know, I, I really wish I would have done it earlier. A lot of feelings could have been saved or, you know, relationships could have been saved. Uh, but man, yeah, that was a, that was a good lesson to learn. Okay, if you could send a message to yourself 10 years ago, what would you tell the younger you? So 10 years ago, gosh, we're what, rough, 2010 roughly, right? So you're still at Jackson yeah. at that point. Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, I was, uh, I was uh, a year away from opening the, uh, the studio. Um, I think uh, the fact that it was that 10 years ago put me literally, literally right before I went off and opened my own business. I would probably have said, get into retail, just do it. Yeah. I'd be further down the road than I am now. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe not. I mean, you, you tell me you came into the picture uh, a year later than that. So, you know, was it really, <laughs> is that how long we've known each other? 
Uh, thereabouts, yeah, probably. Holy thereabouts, cow. yeah, yeah, thereabouts. Holy cow! I didn't mm-hmm. realize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was probably yeah, just do it, man. Eleven or twelve. Yeah, yeah. If you yeah. got a dream and something you want to do, like let's go, giddy up. Yeah, man. and and the, and the thing is, like I had, you know, at the time because of the way things worked out, I mean, I could have done it. I had the, the, you know, I had the resources. I, you know, I, I didn't have the experience, but, uh, I, you know, I don't, I do not regret the way I handled the acquisition of Jack's music. I don't regret the way I treated that relationship. Um, right. But, but I do, you know, I could have done it sooner. uh, Could have done it sooner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's that you did it the next best time you know, which is yeah. when you did it, you know, <laughs> yeah. you can't go back right. in time. So you just do it as quick as you can. All right. right. What's, what's the message you want to tell that you that's 10 years in the future? Uh, let's see. In 10 years, I will have a 13 year old and a 12 year old. So, cow. Uh, yeah. So, um, I would say <laughs> I'm sowing the seeds now for you, buddy. Um, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I'm hoping right. some of these investments will have some sort of a payoff. <laughs> um, you know, 10 years from now I'll be 48. So, so yeah, I'll, I'll hopefully I'll have a house that's almost paid for either that or I'll have some massive debt on a new house. I, I don't know, but, um, <laughs> my money's yeah. on the ladder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 In 10 years, uh, in 10 years, uh, you better be in the B and O business. You better. Or you better be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I can help you with that. Oh, I know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I and, and I'm, I'm trying to grow. I, you know, I, in 10 years, you, you better have, uh, I don't know, you, you can speak to this, you know, maybe a few different locations. Uh, I plan to diversify and do a few different things. So, yeah. In 10 years, you, you'll be a failure if you didn't do it 10 years later. Practice. Well, that's a wrap for this episode. If you'd like help with your business, check out musicretailconsulting.com for articles, resources, and coaching and consulting services. Also, you can subscribe to this podcast so you're aware of future updates and rate and review while you're at it. Thanks for listening.